0: Amen. Thank you, Danielle. Well, today is a milestone day in the life of all women who call themselves mom. And we come to celebrate that milestone as as well. And as we come this morning, let me just take a moment of personal privilege And wish my mom happy Mother's Day. She usually, like a mom, listens to the sermon online. And so she'll hear this uh, here here in a week or two uh, as well. If you don't know, our sermons are online. We have a podcast and our modern service is videotaped as well. But uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. But our our scripture from Isaiah is kind of our launching point uh, this morning as we look at what motherhood should be. True motherhood comes from a deep sense of of calling. It comes from the heart of God. It is hewn from the core of who God is. Let's look at the scripture again. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Now this scripture is not talking about moms or motherhood for that matter. However, it is using poetic language to remind us as the people of God, to go back to our roots, the rock, to look to God to understand how we should live. It is reminding the people of God that blessings await all who pursue righteousness and put their life and trust in God. We have to continually go back to the quarry in which we were dug. We must anchor our life on that, and we must remember because motherhood can be so confusing and tough. For example, if you google the word motherhood, which I did this week, the top things that come up when you google motherhood is maternity clothing. Now, maternity clothing might be important, but isn't it isn't the core of what motherhood is. So on this Mother's Day, I want us to return to the rock from which we were hewn and look at some biblical images Of what motherhood is. Because Mother's Day, like so many holidays, can sometimes be one of those emotionally confusing days of celebration in the life of families. Why? Because while it is intended to recognize the positive contributions of motherhood, not all mothers have had a positive influence. Also, not all women have had physical success at being a biological mother. Some have lost their mothers. And for some, motherhood itself may not hold fond memories. So how are we to be good stewards of this day? For me, it's about perspective. We must keep perspective. We must look back at the rock from which we were hewn. Ladies, you know you have the right perspective when you are just as offended that you ignored God one day as if your family ignored you on Mother's Day. Men, Children, you have the right perspective when every day you invest as much time in having a relationship with Jesus Christ as you have on this day with your wife and your mother. God is the focus of our time together, and He alone should shape this day as we worship Him and receive His grace, blessings, mercy, and needed healing. We must take seriously the influence and movement of Jesus Christ in our lives and find examples of that movement as a model for us. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Days, birthdays, birthdays, Valentine's Days, etc. they're all good days, but only when we have the right perspective. So on this Mother's Day, we celebrate the role of motherhood that God created in this world, a role that is crucial to the fabric of our lives. I remember when my wife became a mother for the first time. Everything changed. Literally everything changed. Uh, Becoming a mother changes you. Her priorities changed. Her body changed. Our schedules changed. Everything changes when you become a mom. Motherhood is less like a Hallmark card and more like going to war. (laughs) Moms, you, you understand this. Motherhood is a dying to self. Motherhood embodies a dying to self. It often is a selfless role. It is often thankless. Yes, there's joy. Yes, there's contentment. Yes, there's excitement and the, the thrill of taking care of another. But there's also pain and sorrow and anxiety and sacrifice and worry and a sense of helplessness that at times when you don't know what to do or how to fix things, there are sleepless nights. It is costly. Motherhood is costly. Motherhood embodies the heart of God, though. We see that in Jesus as he uses the metaphor of motherhood when he's riding into Jerusalem that last week of his life. He's longing for his children. He's longing for them to understand and to be saved, and it causes him to lament, as the scripture says. He's crying out in grief. And it's, this uh, passage is recorded in both Matthew and Luke. Uh, Jesus is saying as he rides in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. I bet every mom in here understands that feeling. That intense desire to gather her children and protect but their children weren't listening. We call those years adolescence. As we read Jesus' words, I think all of us can understand that sense of longing and lament and love that is pouring out of Jesus' soul. That, to me, is the the soul of motherhood. And we know that Jesus took that longing, he took that lament and that love and acted in sacrifice, dying to self, so that we, his children, may have life. That is the heart of a mother. We see that image throughout Scripture. Scripture we are all influenced by motherhood for good and for bad. We're influenced by motherhood for good and for bad. I was reflecting on this as I was writing this sermon and, and thinking about all the different mothers we see in the Bible. And I don't, we don't read much about many of the mothers, but almost every time that a king in Israel or Judah is crowned king, it, it most often Lists the mother as well, and we see that in example, for example, in Second Kings twenty two one says this: Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned thirty one years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, daughter of Adiah of Boscheth. Josiah became the king of Judah at eight years of age. Now, we know from Scripture, Josiah was one of the greatest kings in all of Judah. He was a faithful king who did what was right in the sight of God. When we see that his mother's name was Jedida, we know that she had to have been a huge influence in his life because he came to power at eight years old. She was in the background, but we know her influence must have been huge for him to be such a great king. But we also read in 2 Chronicles about another king that came to power in Judah. This king lived actually before Josiah. His name was Ah Ahaziah. Oh, hold on. Ahaziah. I'll get there eventually. Ahaziah was 42 years old when he began to reign. He reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, a granddaughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor in doing Wickedly. For his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. What tragic words those are. It shouldn't be that way. Too often it is. But no matter what type of mother we have, we are called to have a heart of motherhood that is rooted in the heart of God, not in the heart of evil. We must go back to the quarry in which we were dug. We see the best and worst of motherhood in the Bible. We see that in life, too. But for the rest of this morning, we're going to focus on the best of motherhood. Women like Moses' mother, who lived during the slavery of God's people in Egypt. By law, her son was supposed to be killed right after birth, but she hid him from Pharaoh so that he could live. She laid him in a basket and placed him in the Nile River. But. It, we see that heart of motherhood to protect. But it wasn't just Moses' mother who exhibited the heart of motherhood, but also the midwives who helped give them birth. Let's read from Exodus. We read this. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of them was named Shipra and the other Pua. When you act as midwives, uh, if you go to the next, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. I think, first, it's fascinating that they name the two midwives. They must have been women of incredible influence in the community. They must have been highly regarded. But I, what I love about it is that the midwives will not obey Pharaoh. They put their life on the line. And when Pharaoh comes to him and says, what, what, where are all these boys coming from? They say, well, they, they deceive Pharaoh and they say, oh, we don't arrive in time and so we miss out on the opportunity. That's at the heart of, Minwa, of motherhood to protect children. But even Pharaoh's daughter exhibits the heart of motherhood. When she finds baby Moses in the basket, what does she do? She raises the child as her own. She defies her father and raises the child as her own. That is the heart of motherhood right there, to protect. We see that heart of motherhood in Naomi and Ruth. Remember their stories, we find their stories in the book of Ruth. If you've never read Ruth, do yourself a favor, read it this week, such a great book. But their their love for each other was like mother and daughter, but if you remember, Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law. This is a mother-in-law story, a good mother-in-law story, not the other kind, right? When Naomi lost her sons and her husband and death, she was in despair. She was in a hopeless place culturally. And she could have demanded that her daughter-in-law, Ruth, take care of her. But she knew, because of where they were as widows, uh, both of them, that that she would doom Ruth to poverty if she did that, if she demanded Ruth to take care of her. So what does Naomi do? She sets her free to go back to her family. So that they could take care of her. She said, Go back to your family because I can't take care of you anymore. In order that Ruth might have a chance to remarry and have a life in that culture, she exhibited a heart of motherhood that sacrificed herself for the well being of her daughter in law. That's the heart of a mother. And Ruth loved Naomi like her own mother. In fact, Naomi must have been an incredible woman because Ruth sacrifices her future in order to stay with her mother-in-law. That's amazing. That's amazing. You see, this is how we are called to live, to sacrifice ourselves so that our daughter-in-laws would rather hang out with us, (laughs) right? And, And in fact, this is what Ruth says. It's a famous passage. Do not press me to leave you Or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well if even death parts me from you. It's an incredible example of love and devotion. Naomi and the way she lived instilled within her daughter-in-law a sense of love and loyalty so great that she didn't go back to her own family. She would rather risk poverty and death with Naomi, than a chance for living elsewhere. Wow. We see these themes that are emerging in these great women of God. They are loyal, they are nurturing, they are protecting, they train up their children, they comfort, they fight for their children, they love fiercely. This is the heart of motherhood. Another woman in the Bible that has shown us the heart of motherhood is the prophet Deborah. We've talked about her in the past as well. I constantly return to Deborah because she is such a great model of how one woman allowed God's influence in her life to shape a whole nation of people. Now, we don't know if Deborah had physical children, but she was called the mother of Israel. In Judges 5, we read these words, Deborah arose as a mother in Israel. And I love that image. I love this perspective of motherhood, because I have known women who were not physical mothers, but who mothered just the same. The people of God understood her role as a mother to a whole nation. How amazing is that? Deborah had the right perspective in how she lived. Like most mothers, she was probably overwhelmed by all the demands of being a mother. But imagine being a mother, not just to your kids, but to a whole nation. She had to have some sort of balance in her life. Now balance doesn't mean that she didn't have too many irons in the fire. Balanced means that she knew her priorities. Let me say that again. Like any mother, she had demands coming from all over the place. And she had to know what her priorities were. And I'm sure she wondered at times how she was going to do it all, but she knew her priorities. In fact, that's the heart of what motherhood and all of us are called is to know what our priorities should be and to focus on those. In fact, God gifted her in such a way that she is unique among all the judges of Israel. She is a judge not fitted with military training, yet she has the gift to find leaders and get the job done that God had called her to. Only Moses and Samuel had the same unique roles as Deborah did. As a prophetess, she could discern the will of God and communicate it to others. I think that's important for us to understand. Many times, I think women have a distinct intuitive advantage over men in some of these areas as well. Not all women are intuitive, but many times they are. They can discern without seeing. And I think that was part of who Deborah was. She could discern without seeing. I've said it many times, if you're facing a decision in your life and your wife has one of those feelings that you should do something different than you want to do, you better think twice before doing it. You better look long and hard at that. God most likely gifted her with that intuition to keep you out of trouble. Again, from Judges, there were few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother In Israel. There's something about that passage to me that is just so powerful. It took a woman to rise up and say, enough, no more. Many times my mom has said the same things. (laughs) Enough, no more. Women, many of you do not have children. Some of you have lost children. Others have never had the opportunity. Others have a sense of sadness and grief because of it. But hear this. The role of motherhood is larger than having a biological child. I believe all women are called to motherhood. I believe all women are called to motherhood. Some might be like Deborah who mothered a whole nation. Others might mother their friend's children or a niece or nephew, many mother in their profession as counselors or teachers, youth workers, children's ministry. We need women who rise up and mother and grandmother are children. From the New Testament, I want to look at just two women. We find them on the opening pages of the Gospel of Luke, Mary and Elizabeth. Can you imagine being the mother of Jesus or John the Baptist? Talk about pressure. Pressure. That is incredible. But what I love about both of these women is their complete dedication to God. They are held up as examples of godly motherhood. Both dedicate their children to God. Both are committed to raising them in the law of God. In fact, when the angel of the Lord appears to Mary and she says she will bear the son of God, she replies with these words, let it be with me according to your word. She devoted herself to God first. She desires to do God's will above all else. These were not her plans, but as a true mother, she is willing to sacrifice her will for the will of God and her child, Jesus. Elizabeth is also a picture of devotion and waiting. She waited her whole life for a child, yet she remained faithful. She didn't become bitter and angry. She stayed true and faithful to God. The text says that she was beyond the age of having a child, so her hopes of being a mother were past her, yet she remained faithful. She always returned to the rock from which she was dug out. It's a picture of what motherhood is like. And so today I praise God for all women who have been a mother to me at one time or another throughout my life for the sacrifices they have made for their love that they have shown, for the discipline they have given me, for their fierce protection, for their devotion, for their willingness to fight on my behalf, for their presence. Mothers, do not forget the rock from which you were hewn. May your life be constantly built on that rock, Jesus. In fact, I leave us with one final verse. It's a reminder of the character of God for all mothers and for all of us today. Comes from Isaiah 66. As a mother comforts her child, this is God speaking, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. The heart of God has created this idea of motherhood for all of us, and especially for you women. May God's blessings be upon you today. Let's pray. How I thank you, O oh God for the gift of motherhood and for the gift of all moms and all women this day and for the calling that you have placed deep within their souls may they live out that calling faithfully as they struggle with that calling Lord give them grace if they're having a hard day even today Lord may your peace be with them we know it's not easy but it is good And you are good. And for that we thank you. And we pray in Jesus name. Amen.